everybody. It's Marguerite Crispillo, and thank you so much for joining us today over here on the Real Estate Real World. I have some really great, great people on our call today, and we're going to talk a little bit about how a team runs and how to make them work. And I do have to say, I see very few teams ever actually make it, but these guys are extraordinary, and they've been able to make it work. And so I'm thrilled to have Stacy Moffitt and Dana Noose today on our call, and we're going to talk about how they make it work. They're just some awesome agents in our area. So welcome, ladies. Hello. Thank you for having us, Marguerite. You bet. So why don't we start by you giving us a little bit of background. We'll start with you, Stacey. Why don't you tell us a little bit about when you got into real estate and, like, why did you get into real estate? Well, I actually, um, this is my 21st year in the real estate industry. And I started, actually, as an intern in the Bay Area. And I had an interest in the business, didn't know if it was quite for me. So I found an internship program um, that you had to interview for, and I w- went through the hoops, and they placed me with a top producer in the Bay Area at Remax. And so I flew by her coattails for about a year and a half, learned the business from the inside out, which was really awesome, and loved every minute of it. And at that point, I was done with the internship, and they actually um, created a job for me in the Remax office. And so I managed several of our REMAX offices, and then I went into transaction coordinating, learned all the contracts, and I got my license in 1997, I believe. And, oh, wow. uh, and I just started selling real estate on day one. And the first day, I, they gave me a desk, and they started calling me Agent Moffitt. First guy <laughs> that called in was my first buyer, and we closed escrow, and we haven't stopped ever since. So it's been pretty amazing. Wow, that is very amazing. That's really cool. So, tell me about you, Dana. Let's give us let's hear your background. Well, mine's a little different. I actually started in the uh, technology world um, right out of high school into college, and um, spent 17 years basically learning how to um, market effectively in that business, and ended up, gosh, at the top of my trade. At the end, I was a VP of OEM sales, and I was traveling all over the country, the U.S. and Canada, and ultimately, it was rewarding intellectually, but as far as giving back and being home every night with my family, there just wasn't any of that, and I had a amazing, almost like extra dad growing up. He raised six kids, but he invested a lot in real estate, um, although he owned a full-time business. And he taught me a ton about the value of owning real estate and building your, your fortune that way in your retirement. And so just watching him, vicariously watching him and having him kind of mentor me as an, a young adult, and, and basically I met him when I was in, in elementary school. His daughter and I are best friends. Um, really did a lot of thinking about it. And in 1992, I wrote the business plan for something called Realtor for a Cure. I kind of wanted to give back to breast cancer research, and I loved real estate. I mean, I just loved the idea, the concept of it. So uh, eventually, after 17 years in technology, I hung up my my, uh, business cards, and I moved on to real estate a few years later and jumped on board at REMAX because I always thought that, you know, big company names were important. And possibly in branding in the very beginning, that might have been important because I wasn't very well networked in the local community considering I was traveling a lot. But what I found very fast 
or very quickly into my real estate career is local networking is the key and and being a resource to people that become your clients that's where it's all at so and being at Remax is where I met Stacy and, and my current broker and many other amazing people. And I gravitated toward those people that were very business-minded because that had been my background. I came from that. So what I wanted to see happen in growing in real estate was to give back some of the professionalism that I brought from my business world into the real estate world and landed here at SunCal with David and, and then Stacy and I becoming partners because we have a lot of similarities in our beliefs and our mindset about approaching the marketplace in a very, I don't know, community-based way. We Teams for me are very important. Early on in business, I learned I can't do everything. I mean, I have skill sets, but I don't do everything well. I do some things great, but other things I don't do well. So I feel like you, you need to partner not just as a partner in business with real estate, but with the people that you work with around you so that their strengths can be, you know, shine and their weaknesses can be undershadowed and the same with myself. So that's kind of how we ended up where we are. And it's been absolutely phenomenally successful and fun. I mean, a ton of fun. And I can go home to bed every night. So that's the upside. So you guys are on track to do, it looks like probably close to 20 million this year. Is that right? Yeah. You guys are doing, Mm -hmm. you guys are rocking it. And so, how? first of all, how did you decide really that you guys would be a good fit? Did you do any kind of, uh, you mentioned personality, did you do any personality tests or? Um, you know, I've done, I've, gosh, being in the career that I was in before, one of the things that I was responsible for because I was on the marketing side and I had to work in partnership with, on my team, I always had an engineer, a sales engineer, and I always had an attorney on my team. And so we were all very different people. And so the company that I, the last company I worked for, Qualcomm, actually tasked me with teaching classes to the staff about how to work cross-functionally in environments with people that are just very different than you. And so Stacy and I, we just kind of gelled. I mean, it was just amazing. We met at Remax, and we would see each other all the time, and she had had a previous business partner, and I had a short-term business partner that just didn't click. It just wasn't a good match. But... I mean, honestly, when we came, when we ended up deciding to go completely 100% partners, it, it just sort of flowed. You know when you find the right person. And it, it's all about having ebb and flow and give and take. And ultimately, at the end of the day, all of her core values in a decision-making process are the same as mine. It's really complicated to partner with somebody who, at the end of the day, you know the decisions are remaining for different decisions, you know, different reasons. We make it for the same outcome and goal, and that's to build our client base for the long term. So money doesn't get in the way of our issues. Um, morals always are upfront in our issues, and we share that in common. So I think that's why it worked so well. I so, would agree with that for sure. Yeah, so one of my questions has to do with what are your individual strengths and how do they really complement each other? So, Stacy, what would you say your you know, top three greatest strengths are when it comes to the partnership? I would say that I'm very detailed, um, so I'm, you know, I pretty much will look at all the contracts and, and disclosures um, after they're drafted, just to make sure. I'm just, I, I'm very detailed in that regard. I'm very organized, um, and that really helps because I, when it comes to, you know, I know Dana teaches classes and all of that, and and I'm on board for all of that, but I, I really am not. 
I, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, as organized in that regard when it comes to, you know, putting together classes and, and forming, forming all of that. Dana's very um, – we're both outgoing, um, but Dana will, you know, she – I don't know. It's it's hard for me to put into words, to be honest. <laughs> she just has this energy, and you know, she'll come back to the office and say, "Oh, you know, we're teaching this class, and we're doing." It. And I'm always kind of on her skirt tail when it comes yeah. to doing things like that. I'm happy to take care of the details and set up the room, and, you know. But when it comes to teaching the class, she is all in, hundred percent, and she's got an agenda. And it's amazing to me how she can pull that type of stuff together in a short period of time. We both do work very well under pressure, um, so that's another one of our strengths. Um, we've had so many situations that have come up and um, not, a t- not a lot of time to plan, and we just, for whatever reason, we're, we're able to come out shining. Um, and I think we, we put all of our energy and strengths together, and, and we, we make things happen. We just really... We'll do. We, we're creative in finding a way to make it happen for people and for you know our different situations. You know, I think a lot of times, um, and a partnership like your guys is, is really in a lot of ways almost like a marriage too. You know, in that I think a lot of times people think you have to have the same personality. In that um, I know for me, I I was when I was younger in my first relationship, I was always very outgoing and my first uh boyfriend was not he was kind of one of the the um wallflower guys you know not wallflower is probably not the right word but he would always stand in the corner and when i met joe joe was so outgoing and had such you know a great personality and would light up a room and i thought oh my gosh that could never work (laughs) (laughs) we're not we're going to compete for each other's attention and you know 28 years later it's worked and i think it's fantastic because he has a lot of great qualities you know that i don't possess and vice versa and it just works it just blends and with you guys it seems like the same thing so, Dana, what would you say are your greatest strengths? Well, I think the the thing that works for Stacy and I is that um, she absolutely keeps us on the organizational scenario and all of the details. I'm the bigger picture. I'm the global. So I've had a lot of those personality profiles, and I'm very global. And although she's partially global, she's very linear in her thinking. And so for me, I have the big picture at hand. I'm thinking three months, six months, a year down the road. What does our branding look like? What does our marketing look like? Um, who do we really need to be in front of? What are the priorities with that? And Stacy's very much thinking about what is it that we've done today and how can we track what we've done today to make sure that we're effective. And that works because you can't – and that's why I think that some – real estate and or sales professionals have a hard time getting over the hump. They never grow bigger or can't understand why they can't get out of their own box, but because they're afraid to let go of sharing that, it really complements each other. It is totally like a marriage. And although both of us have an outgoing persona or personality, um, Stacy's a very private person. I'm very much, I, you know, I have nothing to hide. I, I've been through a great deal in my life, and it is what it is. And take, I kind of like take me as I am. And she would never be comfortable in that environment, and that's awesome. And that's what's so great about her, and that's what intrigues me about her because I want to be more like that. So, you know, I think that's why it continues to work because we definitely see each other's strengths and we kind of grow more in that way. And I think that we both changed over the last five years 
in how we approach everything, but the one thing that never changes for the both of us is it's never about the money. And I did my very first career. It was all about getting to the top of the glass ceiling and the money, and I achieved that. And when I got there, I realized that it wasn't all it's cracked up to be. And so yeah, when both of us, how that works. yeah, it is. It's like, you know, I left managing 250 people and I left a 17 year career and everyone said, why are you, why would you ever leave at this point? Well, because I didn't really get what I thought I was going to get out of it. And with real estate, I've always gotten out of it what I've wanted to get out of it. And I think it's because I have a partner that I'm able to experience those successes instead of continuing on the treadmill, trying to get to the next step, you know, so you know, it's funny, I, I say frequently that everyone has their own version of success, and that version can change on a daily basis, you know, mm-hmm. so what was important to me, you know, 17 years ago when I first started mm-hmm. selling real estate and I had two little babies I was carrying mm-hmm. around, you know, mm-hmm. is very different than the version of success I have now, you know, that my kids totally. have grown, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not driven the same way that I was, it doesn't mean I'm any less successful, just means my mm-hmm. I've, I've changed the path you know yeah yeah and I for think the better having a partner you know? really helps with that yeah in a lot of ways so it can't all be you know wine and roses although you guys do that a lot <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> what uh in a, in a good way of course what would you say are some of the challenges what are what are some hurdles or pitfalls you guys have had to overcome to get to where you are now well, it's it's complicated. It's for us the thing is we always go in thinking that people understand and know our integrity and our heart, but there are just going to be people along the way, Marguerite, that aren't going to they're going to be fear-based in life because they've had bad relationships, they've had people that they couldn't trust or scenarios that they couldn't trust. And in general, because real estate has been easier in the past for anybody to get their license, there's a lot of misunderstood information out there. So when they actually finally meet true professionals that come to the table to do business with them, they still carry that baggage that they have from before. And there are several times when we become very frustrated, like, are you kidding me? How could you not possibly trust the word that we're giving you? Because it's coming completely from a pure place. So that's always going to be, for the both of us, a challenge because we truly are in it for the best interest of the client and sometimes they can't see that and they're their own worst enemy. Um, yeah, I think that's agreed. been complicated. I think the other thing that's super complicated is finding other peers within our workplace to team up with that have the same work ethic because ours is kind of 24 seven and nuts and not everybody wants that. And they have the mentality that real estate is get up and be in your pajamas all day and make calls from home and the phone will ring and, and you'll now make a million bucks. It. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Anything that is worth anything, Marguerite, as you know, is it takes all the effort. What you put in, you get out 100%. Exactly. Exactly. And that that is, I will kind of piggyback yeah. on that. That that has been one of our biggest challenge, um, I would say, finding finding other people to partner with that can bring it to the table and make things happen and that care as much as we do. And um, a lot of people in the past, you know, they all talk a good game in the beginning, and then when it's time to go to work, everything changes. And so that, I would agree, is is a big challenge for us, even while well, we have a couple you know, people now. You know, it's interesting because as the, as the industry, you know, historically the real estate industry has attracted 
people who don't want to work. You know, would you mm-hmm. agree? I mean, it's it's oh, always yeah. kind of oh, I could do it part time. I could sell Anybody a few houses a year and mm-hmm. supplement my income and and it make not. my own hours is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I could make my own hours. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think I I would like to believe that that's changing somewhat. Um, I'm not sure that it that it is. In a lot of ways, I'd like to see the industry standards be tougher to. I agree. To hit to limit the pool that comes in, but I think great teams like you guys are definitely changing the way things are done, and that's why I think it's so important to highlight people like you that mm-hmm. really are true professionals. I mean, you guys have an extraordinary reputation in, in our community of being hard workers and doing what it takes, and clearly your results are showing it. You know, if you just put in the time, clearly your results will show it. But so I think what – go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think that this doesn't just stick with just who we work with as, as realtors. I think, Marguerite, the biggest thing, too, is it, it fans out to your um, vendors. It's partnering also finding those vendors who share the same commonality that we can't be successful without that. And I think people limit it to, oh, well, if I have a really good real estate team, everything's going to be great. But if you don't partner with the right professionals in your industry to be alongside you and stick with those people, it's going to be really hard to succeed long term because your clients are going to leave you at some point over those issues. And have you gone through uh, different vendors over the years? Like, how do you decide who you want to work well, with? Well, it, all it takes is one <laughs> one transaction with them will tell us if we're going to continue. And there are a lot of really great vendors that we like as people and have a, a pretty good reputation in the industry, but we have a really high bar that we set. And, it, and I understand that not everybody is going to meet that bar, but we let them know right away from the get-go. If that one transaction goes poorly, we're finished. And, and we don't, we're not finished with them as people. We continue to respect them and appreciate them, but we're very honest with them and say, you know, I really like you a lot. I appreciate that we got this transaction closed or not closed or whatever happened, but we can't hire you on the next one, and this is why. And so we're always great at giving that feedback. They continue to call, but we continue to tell them we can't trust that because we had a recent scenario where we gave three referrals to to, a, to a, one of our inner circle lenders, and all three of our clients ended up going with a different lender at the end of the day because that particular lender's company couldn't honor the best you know, rate or service, and that's disappointing. So all three of them, we ended up referring to somebody else, and thank the Lord they trusted us to stay with us as clients, and we've closed out those transactions, but that's heartbreaking. But, you know, those are the things that can happen, and, but that doesn't mean our friendship ends with that person. That just means professionally we're done doing business. Right. So what would you like to see change in the industry? Oh, gosh. I would really like to see them make it a little more complicated um, for just anybody to take an exam and get a license and hire on. I see so many agencies just hiring anyone who can fog a mirror and has a pulse. And what happens, uh, unfortunately, with that is that the company itself, although they may have a great reputation initially – You've got these people coming through, and it's like a a revolving door, and it makes it complicated because let's say that you get an offer from that company, and you want to take it, but you're concerned because that agent has been in the business for five minutes, and you, you, you get these you know, agents that think that, oh, well, I, I just did a transaction, Marguerite, recently with a really lovely young lady that worked for another company, and um, I took her offer because it was solid, and the buyer was solid, and I actually know her mother-in-law through my church. 
but it was the, the hardest transaction because she literally does this, I think, part-time. She was gone for a whole weekend and didn't return any phone calls, and then that reflects on her not only, but the company that hires her. So I would like to see companies really be more restrictive as to who they bring on because it actually does impact them as a company in the long run if they've got these people running to the door. And I know there's a double-edged sword there because then as a company you want to continue to grow successfully and you can't always figure out who's going to interview well and not work out well. That's complicated. So I don't really know that what I really want could actually happen. I would just like to see that See, people have to do more to get the job so that the general population respects us as an industry, as a whole, more. I, I think it would help if there was a requirement for new agents to actually have, you know, a shadowing program that was required. And they have to come in every day and they have to work, you know, a normal work day with, Office you know, a seasoned agent. Exactly. To know that it is a job, number one, and number two, how to be successful and professional and ethical and learn all those key ingredients um, that you need to, to be a, a true professional in the industry. So I really think those types of requirements within a company would be helpful to help mold a professional realtor. I think that I agree with you 100%. I know one thing that we're in the process of developing is a mentorship program. But what I always wanted to see in the mentorship program was a checklist, right? Mm -hmm. A list of everything that the mentor and the mentee must complete before that agent can be released to the general public, so to speak, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, because in most other industries, especially construction and things like that, they have like a apprenticeship program, and oh, those guys totally. are not yes. allowed to, you know, hit the streets and work on a job until they've been in that apprenticeship program for a, for a exactly. certain period of time. And it is something that we lack in our industry as a whole. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge being that everyone is independent contractors. That's and, the uh, challenge. But but I think yeah. that what Cell State does that is better than most companies is you actually set the stage to put out that you have the people to go to to be mentored. You teach the classes. You guide them in a professional way. Now, if they choose not to take those professional guidelines, that's on them because they are independent contractors. And that's part of the rub and the difficulty that we have. But at least you as a company address those situations, whereas most companies talk about doing those things. I won't say where we, we were before, but, you know, I mean, honestly, we, we were t given this big uh, song and dance when we started that they had all these great programs and things like that. But at the end of the day, you're not going to be successful in selling real estate if you're sitting in a class all day. But if you have a wonderful mentor program to follow, like Stacy got to go through years ago, they don't do that anymore, to work with a, a top producer. Now, that's if you want to be a top producer. Not everybody wants to be a top producer. Right. That isn't everybody's goal, but they, they should still have to have the same professional ethics that they have, you know, no matter how many deals they do a year and should be required to continue some type of a, I don't know. I mean, how would that make sense even? If you had somebody who wanted to do a few a year and they, they don't do real estate on a regular basis, how would we keep them informed with the changing industry while they're not doing it? I don't know how that would work, but... Well, I think that some of that is starting to come to light with uh, – I know that one of the things that came up with the recent Zillow Trulia merger had mm -hmm. to do with the fact that um, agents on those portals will be showing the number of homes they've sold. Now, yeah. just because someone sold a lot of homes doesn't necessarily oh, imply yeah. that they're Definitely. a great agent mm -hmm. by any means. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it will – 
change those agents that sell one or two homes a year. You know, I always say most agents get in this business piss off their family and friends and get out mm-hmm. in less than two exactly. years. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And changing that, you know, it's going to, there's just going to have to be some higher standards set in place. And mm-hmm. I, I hope that that's on the horizon. We'll see. Me too. I don't know. But so tell me this. Do you guys have, who else is on your team? Do you have an assistant, a transaction coordinator? We have. How do you, how do you make this all work? Well, it's it's been a process, a learning process. We are lacking in one area, but right now we have a wonderful transaction coordinator that we knew when we hired her that, you know, it was a part-time thing for her to help us, and not part-time and meaning short-term job, but, you know, she had X amount of hours that she could give us to manage all of our transactions, which is a, it's a big plate to fill because, you know, literally one person doing all of those transactions, that's a lot. So she took that on, and in addition to that, she... Um, manages our mailer, and I don't know if we mentioned, but we are absolutely committed to the Buffini way of doing business, and I have been since 2005. And for me, that's the only way we're going to be successful because that gives you the structure that you need to have a professional running real estate business. It's focused on just real estate pretty much. And so Lisa carries that out every month. She does our mailer and she does our transaction coordinating. Um, We do have a couple of buyer's agents on our team, and one of which, Deborah Bella, she's got her MBA, and we really like that about her. She's very professional. She's, she's very organized, but she is learning. She's been in the business a little over a year. Um, we've had multiple other agents. We do have Gary Snell. He came from the commercial industry, um, but he's very much does his solo thing. He doesn't need as much mentoring. We have, um, you know, a few agents that we have recently, you know, they've moved on. We've kind of mentored them out of the program. We've mentored a few and moved them on because they don't really need much mentorship anymore. But that's kind of where we're sitting right now. Our next step is we really need somehow a full-time um, assistant that does all of the minor things that you and I discussed last week, Margarita. I mean, that's really the big issue is that we like to know everything going on in our transactions, so the quality of services is as much, but we have to find that right individual or individuals that fit that mold to pick up the ball and run like we would. We don't want anything done part of the way. Nothing's 50%. Every listing that we put on is 100% ready to go. It doesn't go on without pictures. It doesn't go on without a marketing hitch and a plan. Everything has a plan. And so finding those people are going to be tough, but that's our next step. Um, we've, We've spent a lot of time this year looking at our business from the outside in, and that's where we're missing the most important piece. Well, you know, I talk, uh, if you participate, I know you've been to some of my trainings and listened to them. Checklists are so important. And there's this Mm -hmm. little phrase that I say all the time that you need to inspect what you expect, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, real estate agents as a whole, we do what's called the seagull approach. Mm -hmm. Um, We get really busy, and the first person that walks past our office that's breathing, we grab them and throw them in a desk. And then we fly over, dump a bunch of crap on their desk and fly out. And then we come back two weeks later, and we don't understand why they didn't get it all done or have it all figured out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the big challenges that uh, we face in trying to get help. And so, you know, having a great checklist and then checking on that and making sure that people understand what it is you want is vital. And you guys have already done a phenomenal job of just, you know, building the infrastructure of your business. So Mm -hmm. I think taking it to that next level will be amazing for you guys. 
Well, I think that understanding what you just said is the most important key, not only to real estate but in life, is that too many relationships are broken because the expectations were never expressed in the beginning, and then they were not met on either side, and everybody walks away and it didn't work out. But Stacy and I are very, very all about laying it out there. When somebody comes on board or even looks at talking to us as a part of our team or even a vendor, we lay it out there. We're very open about what our expectations are. We put that in writing. We put it in front of them. And that helps to solve the issue. But a lot of times on the other side, people aren't so forthcoming with what their needs are because they want to be a part so bad of it like you're talking about. But, you know, you can't live life successfully like that. So what I seem to be hearing from you guys is you guys spend quite a bit of time in planning stages mm-hmm. as opposed to just flying by the seat of your pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times. So what does a planning session look like for you guys? Do you do uh, quarterly goals or meet once a year, or how does that work? Well, we meet at least once a year. Every year we hunker down and we really go through, because it comes from my background, I really – I just come from a project management standpoint of my old career where everything was, we launched products from the inception, conception, all the way through to the end. And so I kind of transitioned that into our real estate business where here's what we want to do every year. Here's what we did last year. This didn't work and this did work. Let's go and put that together. Now, I will tell you that at the beginning of the year this year, we planned everything that we planned to do, we did except for one thing that we really, really planned to do, and we just never got to it. It was a monthly thing that we were supposed to do, and we just looked back and laughed about it this week that, gosh darn it, we didn't commit to that. We didn't get there this year. We we just didn't have the time. We couldn't split ourselves up in enough pieces Mm -hmm. um, to make that happen. So that was a challenge for sure. But we also take a look every, every year at where our business is coming from. And we never lose sight of those that, you know, refer us to their friends and family, and we really we take care of our people, you know, because we really that's we build our business on relationships, so that's huge to us, um, and it means a lot to know that they're trusting us with their children, their cousins, and 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 business per- partners. So, um, so we definitely do take a look at that, and and every year we know where the majority of our business referrals are coming from. And we do look every quarter. I mean, every single quarter because David evaluates our company as a quarterly thing. And Stacy and I are a little um, obsessive about that. You know, we want to know where our quarter went and what happened to our quarter and how did that happen. And for me, I think I spend more time in my head. And then we, we're kind of nutty. We do spend a lot of time at 11 or 12 o'clock at night on the phone brainstorming about where we need to go, what we should be doing. Now, I know that's not very... Um, successful in the long run because you're really exhausted a lot of the time. So that's what we have to do is we have to take that time away from late at night, put pen to paper, and then discuss it in a meeting. And we do schedule those meetings, but with the amount of work that we're handling right now, we're missing a lot of those monthly or quarterly meetings we're supposed to have with each other, and we're doing them late at night. So once we get some help online, like we've talked about, Marguerite, is once we get that assistant person put into place, we'll be able to not do those at 11 o'clock at night. We'll be able to do them like monthly, like we have scheduled, because they're on our schedule. It's just meeting that schedule. So what advice would you guys give to somebody who's thinking about partnering with somebody or building a team? Um, What do you think? I I think it's really hard to find a partner um, relationship that works. So if you, I would, ju- I wouldn't jump in right away. I would really, you know, see if it's a good fit 
beforehand. Um, I did have a successful partnership years ago, and my partner moved out of the area. Um, and so I really wasn't um, looking for a partner when Dana and I decided to team up. And, you know, I thought about it. I was around Dana a lot. She was around me. And at the end of the day, we did we did kind of find that we needed each other, especially when we teamed up. The market was kind of, you know, it wasn't very good, and there were a lot of short sales, and everything was so time-consuming. And so we kind of needed each other emotionally as well to get through the market. Um, but I wouldn't recommend that anybody jump into um, a team situation. I would really do your homework and make sure that it's the right fit before you go through the motions. And I would I would piggyback on that by saying that if you do elect to try to do business with a partner, before you merge everything, I would do a couple of transactions together. I would sit down and have a lot of thought put into it, and I would have an overseer and or mentor take a look at the both of you as partners and talk about what do, what are your expectations from that person. And then they can say what their expectations are from you. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, good, great, I have all this business, I can do more, you're a lot of fun, let's partner together. And they get together and realize that they don't feel that person has met their expectations, and then there becomes this a little bit of, um, I don't know what word to put into it, not anxiety, but grudge toward the other person that they're not holding up their end of the weight or bargain. And that discussion has to happen. But if they do become partners, talking is key, open communication. Well, one of the reasons I frequently see partnerships not work out is for exactly those reasons is because, um, you know, it's all good many times when uh, things seem to be equal, but when they're not equal for whatever, and there are times when things change in your relationship, right? There might be times when uh, you put one of you puts in a lot more time than the other and vice versa. Um, but I think that is usually the number one demise of those partnerships is that they don't give each other enough credit for what they do when they do it, if that makes right. sense. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've frequently said that what I, you know, for for me, you know, I'm usually the one that's the rainmaker, right? So I'm out, you mm-hmm. know, at parties and networking events and dinners and all that looks like a ton of fun to the person who is uh, sitting at home doing paperwork at midnight, you right. know. And many times it doesn't necessarily feel equal to them, but both yeah. jobs are so vitally important. Well, I totally get that because honestly, I mean, I know I'm the I'm like the you, I'm the rainmaker party, but Stacy also has that rainmaker ability, just not in the same way. Like I literally want to have meetings with networking partners constantly and keep doing that, but if I'm doing that, I'm not able to do the detail stuff. And if I didn't have her doing the detail stuff, we would be a mess because you know, Cheryl Keller, I don't know if you know Cheryl Keller, but years ago when I very first started real estate, Cheryl was my first kind of partner. And I remember her coming in into my office, I don't know, about a year ago, and she's like, look at you, big girl, you're so organized and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, honey, if you only knew how many years it took me to get get here, because she knows, she started with me. Because I left a a company where I had a full-time secretary all the time, and I traveled all the time, and I handed everything to Marsha, and I said, Marsha, I need this schedule, I need that, and she did everything. And then I came into real estate, and Cheryl was kind of my partner, and we had a transaction coordinator, but I didn't realize what that word really meant. I thought that she was my assistant, you know, and I expected all of these things of Tammy. And Cheryl was looking at me like, she, that isn't what she does. She's, she doesn't do that, you know. So 
it's learning that you, like you said, have to be out. Somebody has to be the rainmaker. The other person has to be, you know, the stability of the team, back the backbone of it. And, and it just works. But I think that these young people coming into real estate need to really look at it with their eyes wide open and not focus on the money because eventually Marguerite as you know that will follow your business will be successful financially but if you're worried about that every minute your clients will feel that and they are going to be dejected and rejected and not want to work with you because they think your pocketbook is all you're thinking about most definitely. I, I agree. You know, there, there's that great saying, when you do what you love, the money comes. When you do it mm-hmm. for the money, it's always a struggle. So you mentioned that you do a few things consistently, and you're a big uh, mm-hmm. fan of Buffini, who's, who's an awesome mm-hmm. guy. I was in by referral only for 12 years, so they, mm-hmm. they run similar campaigns. But what are the what would you say the the best tools that you've figured out that generate business for you. I mean, to do $20 million a year is incredible. And where does your business come from and how do you get your business? It is database, 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 database. If you don't have a database, I don't care how many years you've been in real estate, I have met so many great agents that I love that I've seen through the years, and I always ask them, you know, when they're, they always say, hey, how are things going? How come you guys are always so busy? And I say, well, do you have a database? Well, no. That Isn't is that crazy. The, that is the staple, Marguerite. Those people, every single person you put in your database, you nurture them. It's like having children. It's like, let's say that you have, you know, I, I met a lady the other night that had eight children. She's like, yeah, we raised eight children in this house. And I thought, holy cow, how do you keep track of that? But in reality, they're in our database. They're in our database. <laughs> that's, that's how. And so really every single person in your database has a reach of so many people. Too many people spend their time, and I'm not poo-pooing this as a a strategy because some people are very much social media oriented, spending time trying to find these cold leads on the Internet when they have a gold mine in the 5, 10, 15, or 100 people that are in their database that they could be touching on a monthly basis that will give them so much business. We have, and I'm not boasting, but we have so many phone calls coming in every day of people that want to do business with us or they want their neighbor or their friend or every time time we go out in public, I am not kidding, we run into somebody that goes, oh, my cousin needs to buy a house, can you call her next week? And that didn't come because we're just rock stars, because we're not. We're just human beings that get up every day and go to work. We work our database. We love and coddle and connect with those people every single day of the year. There's not a birthday, a holiday, um, an event that doesn't come by where we don't connect with them in some way and tell them how much we appreciate them. But then we provide a resource to them all the time. If they want to call us at 10 o'clock at night and they need a plumber, they got us. They can call us. And so it's just that's the key. I, I think really that's the tool I can tell anybody is, one, it's your database. Two, it's people. And three, it's just letting them know that ultimately whatever's best for them is what you're going to advise them to do. And if that means not to sell their house right now, then it's not to sell their house right now. I think that is so fantastic, and you know, you hear me preach database, database, mm-hmm. database all the time too. It's really the number one reason why I'm still in business, you know, mm-hmm. all these years later. And I too am amazed at how few agents really will devote that time. They'd rather go spend five hundred dollars on an ad. Me, I'd rather spend oh, yeah. five hundred dollars on dinner with some great clients me and too. referrals, and mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, I absolutely, get more business out of that. So what's next for you gals? What, where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? 
Uh, you know, that's a that's a tough subject. We really need to sit down this year and um, come up with the next plan because usually I plan three to five years in advance, and we're at year five together. So it's time for us to come up with our next three to five year plan. Um, but in the immediate future, this year we actually used this as our revamping year. We completely revamped our logo, our branding. We've redone our website. That's almost completed. Um, it's been very costly, but we've done that. And then from there, that's going to take us to another level, and we're, we need to gear up for that next level. And how are we going to handle that next wave of business and still keep uh, you know, a, a healthy family life <laughs> and yeah. you know, keep ahead of the curve? And so... You know, our movie ad has been ramped up, and now we're increasing that, and we're going into not only the the movie theaters but the lobby now, and so that's going to increase it even more. So we really need to get our next phase plan on, but the very first thing on that list is to get somebody who is like us, Without drama, I want to add. <laughs> That's like number one, without drama. Yeah, yeah, we don't do drama. Stacey, talk about that. We really don't do drama. That's our – That's our. no. Yeah. No. We, we don't want anybody to come in here with – I mean, we're, we're very nurturing and we care a lot about our people, but we just – there's no time for a lot of drama that, that some people bring to the table. <laughs> so we just try and eliminate that. We have a sign on our office door. No drama. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, my so. mom bought me a sign years ago, and it just says, simplify, simplify, simplify. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, like but fun, fun is a very big part of the next five to ten years. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to continue to love what we do, and the day that we stop loving what we do is the day that we hand our business over because – I don't care what you do for a living. I had a really great mentor, and they always taught me, I don't care if you're the guy that scrapes the gum off of the sidewalk. Be happy about it. And people will you'll radiate that energy to them. And if you don't like I, it, don't do it. I think that's incredibly valuable. And so I'm really excited to see your guys' next chapter. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours. I think you guys do a great Aww. job. Um, not only And we love you, you Margaret. We do. We really appreciate business. you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> But you guys do so much in the community, too, which I, you know, and, uh, admire a ton. And so I just want to say thank you, and thank you so much for being on this podcast today. Um, you know, when I started this podcast, I didn't really have any rhyme or reason to it, and I just said I just want to interview cool people that I like. That's all <laughs> I want to do. And uh, you guys are at the top of my list. So Aww. is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Uh, no, we just appreciate you, and we just are so blessed to have Cell State in our community. And, um, you know, you and Joe just do, again, back at you, you do so much for so many. And um, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's, it's not about anything else. It's just about that. We value so. you and your company. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you again, and uh, this will be airing here shortly, and I'm incredibly honored to have you guys on, and you make it a fantastic day. All right, you too, Margie. Have a good one. Thank Bye -bye. you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.